Welcome into the November 29th episode of Locked Ellie's podcast. I'm Mike DeStefano with Dave Morissuti. Tony Ferrari will be joining us today as we recap the Maple Leafs' fourth straight victory here on the road. They cap off the road trip with a 4-2 win over the Detroit Red Wings. Marner keeps his streak alive. Matthew scores another goal at 5-on-5. Five five. Matt Murray keeping up his stellar play. We'll recap all that. We'll get to some prospect talk with Tony as well. So all that more coming up on today's edition of Locked On Leafs. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. Joining me, it's my co-host Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet, also a writer for the NHLPA. Locked On Leafs is a daily Maple Leafs-centric podcast. Be sure to subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also catch us up on video format. Just check us out on YouTube. It's Locked On Leafs on YouTube. Hit subscribe. You get new daily Leafs content directly to you Monday to Friday. It's five days a week. Uh, did Tony take off there? What happened to Tony? Hey, we lost Tony there. Well, he'll come back. I was just about to intro Tony. We got Tony Ferrari who's going to join us back here in just a moment, hopefully. I literally was just getting to the point, Dave, where I was going to say, and joining us, a special guest we haven't had on all season, but, you know, multi-time locked on Leafs uh, you know, frequent guests from years past, Tony Ferrari, but he left us. Hopefully he comes back. So if he gets back, we'll get back into into Tony. But, you know, prospect analyst for the Hockey News, um, you know, Leafs analyst as well. So we'll get into, obviously, tonight's game. But I'm curious to get his thoughts on how these kids are playing because, you know, with all these injuries that have occurred over the last little bit, we're seeing Mac Hollowell get a real chance to play some good hockey. You're seeing Sandine and Lilligren play top four heavy minutes and playing pretty stellar ones at that. Uh, Pontus Holmberg is getting some real big shout-outs from the coaching staff. So we're starting to see some of these young kids who've been drafted, developed by Toronto, start to kind of make their way and make their mark on this club. And I'm curious to get Tony's perspective on all of that. Um, so we will get that perspective when he does rejoin us here. But first and foremost, Dave, it was a 4-2 win. Did I say 4-2, by the way, in our pregame show? Honestly, it's a blur now. Because you said so much in that intro that I'm like, I'm pretty sure you got it right. But you're going to get it right this time. I feel like I said that. But anyways, um, we did get it right. It was was 4-2. So it was definitely a 4-2 game. Um, No, I mean, when when we did the preview show earlier today, or from yesterday's shows, what I meant when we did our predictions. Regardless, it was a 4-2 win. Um, It's a weird game, though, because you look at it, and the Leafs didn't necessarily dominate. Like, this might not have been a game that necessarily should have won, but they've been on the wrong end of it where there's games they should have won but didn't. But tonight was just one where the better team won because they're the better team. Yeah, I mean they have the better they have the better players. They had the guys who made the plays when the opportunities were there. Also, goaltending. Who knew? I did kind of say that Detroit's goaltending wasn't very good this season, and I think that's what made me 
curious of how Detroit was doing as well as they were doing in terms of the Atlantic division standings, but I'm uh, I, I, that's what the Leafs did. They took advantage of the opportunities that they had. They got, um, you know, they got themselves into that. Uh, in, in, those shooting positions, they just put the puck on that and, and hope for the best in some of those cases. And some of those goals you saw going, you're just like, yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah, there was some tough goaltending on the other end. And obviously they chased uh, Billy Huso pretty early in that game. They get four on him through the second period and they say, okay, that's probably enough uh, enough out of you. And they put back in um, Alex Adelkovic and he kind of settled things back down. They shut it down and didn't end up scoring. Um, yeah, we're going to get Tony. He, I think he's trying to rejoin here. Just let me know if he ends up popping up or just toss him back up here. I'll toss him right back in as soon as he gets here. Yeah, as soon as he gets in here. Um, but a couple of good things that we saw happen tonight. is saw Mitch Marner extend his point streaks. Now 17 straight games. He's one shy of tying the franchise high. You saw Matt Murray have another good game. Austin Matthews with another five-on-five goal. When you look at this, you look at this road trip as a whole. That's four wins that they were able to pick up. Four out of four wins. Eight out of eight points. And with the injuries that they had sustained, the blue line the way it was, some young guys coming in, Matthew struggling for, I guess, half of the road trip, we could say. Um, a very impressive, very impressive road trip out of the Maple Leafs. It was, you know, you're not going to, on a road trip, you're going to have a game where you might not be at your best or you might be struggling a little bit. Just find a way. You just find a way to get the two points or at least a point in some cases. But I think that's what you can say about the Leafs is there were nervous moments, you know, but they did what they need to do to, you know, stay, stay ahead in some games they had. I, I mean, I don't think in any, in every single game of this road trip, they had the lead. So that was a good, they, that was, oh, sorry, except for Detroit, they were down one, nothing, but yeah. all the other games, they got the lead and that, that takes so much pressure off your team when, and especially with this defense, you get a lead and makes them play a little, you know, you play a little easier, not taking as many of those unnecessary chances because you're you're just trailing. I think that was the important thing about this game was even though they got down one nothing, they were being outplayed, and then they were Detroit had the majority of the, I mean all majority of the chances throughout the game, but they they just stuck with it. Nothing, they weren't changing their approach. They kept whenever there was an opportunity to get into scoring areas, they were doing it. Yeah, and like it, it was, it was a little bit of a slow start, right, out of the team, as you noted, and it, it looked indicative of a squad that is playing their what, third game in four nights, and at the end of a four-game road trip against some quality opponents, some teams who like to crash and bang a little bit. You know, you could tell right at the, be- the beginning of the game that you know the team had just wasn't completely there yet. They didn't get their legs underneath them, and you could really tell throughout the entire game. You know, like we mentioned before, it wasn't necessarily one where the Maple Leafs, you know, put the uh, the old rope a dope on them, where they start off slow and then came back in the second third period and just completely um, manhandled them. It really was a pretty evenish game, I would say. The Red Wings probably even played better than than Toronto did for large stretches of this game. But you know, you end up with Mitch Marner making nice plays. You get. Austin Matthews, who rips a beautiful goal, top shelf. And uh, what Sandine ends up with with a, a goal that, you know, I think you just, 
you look at that play and it's just as simple as Michael Bunting going to the front of the net. You're, you're forcing the goalie to move out of position a little bit to try and see the puck. And next thing you know, it's, it's another goal in the back of the net. And, and, and they just really were opportune in the few shots that they did have. They didn't really get into the dirty areas too much. You know, a lot of those goals coming from a distance away, which is, you know, nice to see, I suppose, coming off the rush as well in terms of the, the Austin Matthews one. So we're seeing different ways for them to score and more more so ways they were scoring a year ago, like last season when they had the that great stretch. And and, and what I'm kind of noticing, this is now at the third game in a row, they scored four goals. Um, this this offense is starting to really hum and they're starting to, to pick things up and get their legs underneath them. It's a good sign for Toronto. No, it's definitely a good sign because, you know, you ha- when you're not having a great effort, you just need to find a way, like, you just need to find a way to adjust, make the adjustments. And, you know, a, a team might feel confident because they feel like they're doing enough to, uh, you know, to win a game. And Detroit probably might say that they felt good about how they came out and played. But you just take advantage of one of those mistakes. That's that's costly for a team like uh, like Detroit, who, you know, for all 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 metrics, should have been the team that came out with the win in this game. But I think with Toronto, they've been trying so hard to get back to that dominance at five on five to make those you know get the get that production. Um, so yeah, I think. Uh, it's going to be a tough. Uh, it's going to be tough when you know playoffs comes around, but they can look back to a game like this and say, you know what, the other team might be playing better than us, but if we can keep it close and if we can take advantage of our opportunities, we can come away with the win. Yeah, and I mean, still just play some sound hockey defensively. Like they were still forechecking, or they're still backchecking. You know, Matthews broke up a couple of plays just by going back hard. Um, Marner as well. So that's that's really, I think, you know, in a night where maybe you don't, you're not completely with it, you're not buzzing up and down the lineup as much as possible. As long as you can make uh, an impact in in your own end, potentially you can you can come away and and, and kind of steal a victory if you can get good enough goaltending as well. All right, let's take a quick break when we get back. Hopefully, we can get Tony uh, reestablished here and, and get him on the show because I do want to get his thoughts on the game. And then also get his thoughts on what's going on with these youngsters over the course of the last couple of weeks and, and maybe even some other prospects who aren't with Toronto. So that might be coming up on the other side. Uh, I'm Mike DiStefano with David Morrisuti. You listen to Locked On These Podcasts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Before we go any further, let me tell you guys about one of today's show sponsors, and that's betonline.net. It's your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to hockey, soccer, esports, we got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. Welcome back to the Locked On Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DeSefano with Dave Morissuti, your host here at Locked On Leafs. We are reacting to a 4-2 Toronto win over the Detroit Red Wings. That's now four in a row. That is a perfect 4-0 road trip, picking up eight of eight points, and they keep moving up the standings, Dave. Things are looking pretty good for the Maple Leafs right now. You got Mitch Marner, 17 straight games with a point. You've got uh, you've got um, Matt Murray playing 
some real solid hockey since coming back from his injury. You obviously have Austin Matthews, who's now scored in back-to-back games a five-on-five goal, and not just a five-on-five goal, a patented wrister, like a, a just a, a, a shot, front-facing shot. Um, so he's starting to feel himself now. Really, really good vibes going on in Toronto uh, to this moment. So as we do after every single Leafs victory, let's go through our three stars of the game. And for those who are wondering, we, we are having some technical difficulties with uh, with Tony, so probably going to try and get him on. He might still join us at some point here if we can figure it out, work it out, but most likely he'll join us uh, later in the week. Um, it's just so weird. We were there, and then just as I went to go and intro him, boom, he was gone. And now I guess he's having troubles getting back into this uh, – Anyways, technology and stuff. Yeah. Into our virtual studio. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, it is what it is. We'll get him on later in the week uh, at, at the very least. He did say he would join us another day if we can't figure it out. So stay tuned later in the week. Maybe Tony will uh, will join us on another date. But for now, let's go through our three stars um, of the game here, Dave. who uh, Who's your third star in tonight's 4-2 win over the Detroit Red Wings? Uh, man, there's so much, it's, this is a tough one to try to figure out who to give the three stars to. Like I was kind of, as the game was going on, I was trying to think through my head who I'd give it to. I'm going to give it to William Nylander. Team leading 13th goal tonight. I repeat, William Nylander, team leading 13th goal. How many of you thought William Nylander would be leading the Leafs and goals this season? I don't think many would have been, but he keeps scoring. He's on a, is it, well, he scored against, uh, he scored against, Min- wait, did he score in Minnesota? I mean, I'm blanking. My, uh, short-term memory, I'm just saying, I'm so happy about Willie scoring. I'm forgetting how many games he's actually scored a goal in. He's got like, what, seven in his last nine or ten games? Like, the guy's scoring basically every game, if not every game and a half. It's It's crazy how... So, yeah, so he didn't score. Yeah, no, he's on a three-game goal streak because he did score in Minnesota. He did score in Pittsburgh. He didn't score in New Jersey, that that bum. But, no, he's – like this month, in November specifically, he's – it's it's almost been quiet but noticeable. At least for me, it's been noticeable. I don't know how many other people have taken notice of the fact that this month, it's, I think, 10 goals in 15 games. Yeah, I mean, we're. I, I think a lot of people have taken notice in uh, in in William Nylander. I don't think you're the only scout out there who's saying this guy's played some good hockey lately. I think everyone's kind of on board with that. Willie kid, he's not. He's not too shabby. Yeah, he's not bad, right? He's 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 doing okay. He's doing some good things. He's uh, forcing turnovers. He's he's scoring goals, making plays, making things happen, and. Yeah, he uh, he for sure has been uh, real, real solid over the course of the last, well, really all season. Like, he's been one of the more consistent forwards, I guess, that we've seen for Toronto here this season. He started off the year really well with John Tavares, and then now he's even playing, you know, some pretty good hockey alongside uh, Austin Matthews here. So, yeah, I, I think that he certainly is a guy who, who deserves to have a lot of love. Um, so I appreciate you bringing him up. My third star... I'm giving it to the third line, actually. Um, I, I like what they're doing, man. I like what this third line has looked like over the last couple of games. Pierre Engvall, 
Pontus Olenberg, the guy who can't do anything wrong, and uh, Alex Kerfoot. Among all of the Ford groupings of all four lines out there for Toronto tonight, that line was the best in terms of expected goal differential. 72% of the goals expected to be scored when those guys were out there. They didn't allow a single high-danger chance against them, and they had three themselves. Um, so I thought that they were actually phenomenal. And, and I, I, honestly, Pontus Holmberg has been a fine. He has been a fine for this team. It's only been nine games. I get that. But, um, you know, we heard the other day Sheldon Keefe come out and say, I'm looking for I'm looking for the mistakes in the game tape, and they're just not there. The guy doesn't make mistakes. And, mm-hmm. and it just makes the simple plays. And it's honestly really good to see in, like, the development there, a guy who's homegrown, um, and he's turning into a, a, a real NHL player, a guy who was a mid-round pick, six-rounder back in the day. It's really good to see. And, uh, you know, I thought that he had another pretty calm game tonight. Like, that's the thing with Holmberg. You never really – it's not a flashy game, but whenever he's having a calm game, I, I think it's a good sign. And, and I saw that again tonight, along with his other line mates in Engvall and, uh, and Kerfoot. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, I've been I've been calling. I we called out the Leafs not too long ago and saying that they've really struggled to have some of these players go through a development system and make an impact at the NHL level. And this is exactly something that we've been looking for from these Leafs prospects. They don't all need to go out and make the big plays like Austin Matthews and Mitch Marr. It's not what we're asked for. But you need to be able to ha- establish a role in the lineup. You need guys to start establishing them- themselves. And the fact that he's a centerman, he's taking charge of that third line, and they've been they, like, there's been so many different types of com- uh, you know combinations made and trying to get that all to work. I think they finally have cemented what be- they believe works. There could be some tinkering now and then. It's it's only sure there will be, yeah. Like you, I, I'd be surprised if this is like the bottom six going forward. I, I would be surprised. There will be some tinkering, but it does look like they found a formula that they work that Sheldon Keith thinks works and thinks looks pretty good and has performed pretty well to this point. Which is it's nice to see things kind of finally rounding into form after so much fluidity through the first you know six seven weeks of the season. My question here is, though, is do they play more as, like, in terms of their deployment, are they more of a fourth line? Because ice time, some might look at the ice time and think that they're the fourth line. Yeah, I mean, it's – it's, it's they're like bottom 3B almost at this rate. Like with yeah, this. I mean, they, they, they are. I think, like, on the depth chart, they're listed as the third line. But in terms of minutes played, yeah, sure, maybe you could call them the fourth line. But like that that trio of of Engvall, um, Kerfoot, and uh, and Pontus Holmberg, like those th- those are the guys clearly who I'm talking about here. And I know that like Camp, Malgin, and Zach Asnerys have played more, um, but you know I for whatever I consider them the third line because I think that's what it says when they release the uh, the depth chart each and every day. Uh, who do you have as your second star of the game? Second star is Mitch Marner. I mean, you got to give it to the guy who's got 17 game point streak. He's, you know, all accounts. I think there. You you mentioned earlier. I don't. You, I don't think there's a better winger playing in the NHL right now, or producing at both ends of the ice. 
I, the panel really did a, a it's funny because I'm pretty sure you mentioned him being a self in the selfie conversation. And then in the first intermission, I think it was Anson Carter that said, you know, I, I don't think we'll, I don't think Mitch Marner gets a lot of credit as uh, a potential selfie candidate. Well, clearly somebody's not listening to the Locked On These podcast. Or he is listening to the Locked On These podcast and he's totally jacking my stuff, Anson. Hey, their prep, we don't know what they do for their prep, but it wouldn't surprise me. They they, they go out, they read, they listen. They got to get a te- feel for it and whatnot better. Look, than- I, I, here's the thing, though. Like, I've been saying this, honestly, for two years now, that, that Mitch Marner's a Selkie candidate, and I believe he will win a Selkie trophy. Like, a lot of people just love the fact that Austin Matthews can win. But like, to me, Mitch Marner, I know typically wingers don't win a lot of Selkie trophies, but like that guy's just exceptional uh, on both ends of the ice. And, you know, even tonight, the the way that he keeps, keeps, you know, back checking, breaking up plays in the center of the ice, making sure that nobody's getting anything done in the house and in the inner slot for the Toronto Maple Leafs. So it's really good to see. Um, I had him as my, my second star as well. Just the fact that he, you know, went out there, extended that streak with a really nice goal, a few shots, ended up with three blocks on the night as well. Um, so I got, I got Mitch Marner's back. All right, that guy has been arguably, arguably, the league MVP. Oh, ho, ho, ho. here we go. Has he been arguably the league MVP? I'm just trying to think. I mean, just the way that this guy has played, like he's pulled this team out of the depths of like, oh, no. Like think about where this team was after uh, the California road trip. Here's what I'll say. Um when we think, when I think of the MV, of the Hart Trophy, like the most valuable player, I think of the player that not just puts up the most points, but when he's playing at his best, the team that's at his, at their best. I think of like Taylor Hall when he won it with New Jersey. A lot of people didn't agree with that, but I'm like, if Taylor Hall doesn't do what he does, New Jersey Devils don't even make the playoffs. That's what made him a Hart Trophy type of player. I think a lot of people, when they see Mitch Marner, they always think of like, oh, Austin Matthews is the best player on the team. So clearly Austin Matthews is the Hart Trophy guy. But Not this year. Not this year. And that's my point. If Austin Matthews could win a Hart Trophy last year, being the best team on the Maple Leafs, being the best player on the Maple Leafs team, if Mitch Marner is the best player on this Leafs team and he's the one who's kind of driving the bus this year, which to this point he has been, of course things can change. And now Austin Matthews can take over and start to play the way that he did a year ago and end up going out and scoring himself 50 to 60 goals. And then the conversation's a little different, but to this point in the year, he's been the best player for the Maple Leafs. That's not even a question, not even a debate, not even a debate. My friend, the only players that might, I, I, I still like, would you look at like a Jason Robertson? Oh, he's done with Dallas. Oh, I'm not saying he is the MVP. But, but he, he's he should be, I think he, he could be in the conversation. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, like I think you're gonna look at like Connor McDavid will always be in that conversation. Jason yeah. Robertson, Robertson, if you is another one for and, sure. There's a couple of goalies out there maybe who could get into the mix, but yeah, I think yeah. Mitch Marr is a guy who I'm I'm with. Yeah, I'm with him, man. Definitely, it's all a game tonight again. 
but he's been real good. Um, so we got Matt Murray as your as your number one. They don't win. Like there was one point in the game where Giordano made a very uncharacteristic turnover that led to literally a point blank chance on that. And Matt Murray, he just stood there like calm as a cucumber and not nothing. Like those were the type of backbreaking plays that were going in the net. And I think JD Bunkus, I saw a tweet from him pretty much saying, like, it's crazy to think that the Leafs there's so much confidence with Matt Murray that he's like you give he looks like the best goaltender on the ice every night he plays. Like better than any other goaltender that the Leafs could go up against. And it's so true. Like this is a guy that the senators wanted to give away. The senators took money. And we were all like, oh, really wish the senators would have taken more. Took and money and gave the least draft picks. Third round pick, which if the centers keep going, I mean, I don't know where the I know the centers were at the bottom of the standings at one point. If that continues, that third rounder is going to be a late second rounder. Yeah. Uh, was it this year's pick? Uh, that's a good question. I think yeah, I'm not I, sure if it was this year, if it was next year, or like a couple of years from now, but regardless. Yeah, a bunch, bunch. Oh, yeah, it is this year's pick. Yeah, that could definitely pick. So, so, like, I, 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 that's what I, I mean, yeah. So, Murray at 25% retained third round pick and the seven and the and the center set the seventh round pick. And what do the Leafs send in return? Future considerations. Future considerations. Future yes. considerations. MVP of the Leafs season so far. At this rate, because they landed Matt Murray. Like, and look, this is a good stretch for him. We know that the injury, he's one injury away from that. I'm going to knock on as much wood as possible right now. Um, but like, that's the one thing. But Ilya Samsonov is right around the corner to coming back. Yeah. And you get these two guys going and you can get Matt Murray some time, not having to, to work him so hard. Watch out, Boston. That's all I'm going to say. Watch out because I knew I saw your tweet. I was gonna say I'm gonna. You want me to bring that up? Bring that up, buddy, because I I told I've there's I I have good intuition sometimes when it comes to how uh, teams are performing and okay is it is it are they playing well or are there other circumstances that are kind of lending to how they have been been playing? The Bruins have been good. But to say that the Bruins, I, I think their schedule has. They, they've been good, though. Like, let's not yeah. try it. They've been really freaking good, Dave. I mean, they're that's better than I expected. That's for sure. I didn't have them in the I know playoffs. what you're getting at here. I know what you're getting at here. Okay. But we need to set it up properly. Okay. They had a good team. And there's, there's, they still can be a good team. They could end up winning the Presidents Trophy, they could end up winning the Stanley Cup. And I wouldn't be shocked. They are a Stanley Cup caliber team. That said, when you look at their record, they haven't been tested a whole lot. Not to say that they can't do well in those tests, though, but yeah. so far they haven't been. Um, they have the fifth easiest schedule to this point in the year. Fifth easiest schedule. Their next couple of weeks are tough, and it actually already started. Um, last Monday, so like in the last week, they played Tampa, they played uh, Florida and they played Carolina on Friday. They had the weekend off for whatever re reason. They were off the entire weekend. 
end tonight. So they had a lot of days off. And then they went back home. They've got the Lightning again. They've got the Avalanche, the Golden Knights, the Avalanche. Easier game against the Coyotes at Mullet Arena. And then they're in Vegas to play the Golden Knights again. So they've got, in the in the span of, what, 20 days or so from November 21st to December 11th, they've got the Lightning twice, they've got the Avalanche twice, the Golden Knights twice, the Panthers, they also had the Hurricanes, and, oh, they do have one little cupcake game against the Coyotes. My point being here is there's an opportunity here if Toronto can keep it rolling, if Boston hits a little bit of a speed bump, Toronto can close on that division lead. They could close in on it over the next couple of weeks here and maybe be in the driver's seat by Christmas. Because the Leafs schedule isn't overly tough. It's not easy. It's not easy. But it's not that tough. And the way that Toronto is playing right now, I mean, they're playing fantastic. Fantastic hockey. Like, yeah, they've got the Sharks coming up this weekend. They're coming into town. That's a pretty easy team. But then they do have the Lightning. They got the Stars. And then the Kings are a so-so team. The Flames aren't playing some great hockey right now. But they know that they can play good. And then the Ducks. I mean, the Capitals. Like, there's some winnable hockey games here in that same time frame that I just gave for the Lightning. Um, they could pick up some wins. They could pick up some points and end up closing the gap on the Boston Bruins. Yeah, that's kind of where I was going at. Like, like I know the Bruins by watching how they've been playing. Like, this is the Bruins of, like, you know, the 2017, 2018, 2019, like those years that the Leafs were struggling to get by them in the playoffs. Like, that's the Bruins I'm seeing right now. I just also think, like, people are saying that they're running away with things, and I'm not there yet. Like, it's not like the – like, and even the Devils, too. Like, people were kind of saying – Let's let's like kind of wait and see what the Devils too because you know you go on a you go on a thirteen game winning streak you're gonna look very good but when things get tough and there's a couple and a couple of losses pile up that like this is the stretch where you kind of see where teams are and with with Boston we're gonna find out how good they are because they're gonna be playing all teams that are really good and are gonna test them in every which way possible. Yeah, I'll say this, though, like Boston, um, they're only three points up on Toronto right now, but they do have three games in hand. Yeah. So, you know, they've, they've, they've got a couple of losses that they could afford to have um, and still be, you know, above Toronto in the standings. An 857 win percentage with an 18-3 record, perfect 12-0 mark at home. The Bruins are playing some excellent hockey no, it's a weird stat, actually. I, I noticed when kind of looking at things today. So the Vegas Golden Knights on the road, 10-1-1 on the road. Just a 7-5 and home record, though. Hmm. Strange, isn't it? I'll say this to kind of put a ball on this, too. And Leafs fans, just, chan- just careful with this. Imagine if Toronto didn't suck in October, where they would be right now. Oh, yeah, they'd be right up there, but they do this every year. They did the, the exact same thing last year. Tough October, great November. Jack Campbell was the best goalie in the NHL. You know, they, they, they started to heat up offensively. This is a carbon copy of what we saw happen a season ago. Hopefully the ending's different, right? Like, if the regular season remains the same, I think we'd all be happy with that. 
115 point year. You get a 50-ish goal season out of Austin Matthews. You get Mitch Marner into MVP contention. You get these two goaltenders who play really well. I mean, there's a chance for them to be above and beyond what they were a year ago. But it's all going to come down to what happens in that two-week segment in late April, early May. We know this. We know this. They can do whatever the hell they want over the next, like, four months. It's going to come down to the playoffs, though, Dave. It's going to come oh. down to the playoffs. All right. Uh, I think we'll uh, we'll we'll put a bow on it there, buddy. We'll end the, the podcast for today. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked on These podcasts and all podcast platforms to receive daily Leaves content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morissuti. Uh, we will try and get um, our guy Tony on later on in the week. He did text me. Uh, we we're having technical difficulties, but he is willing to join us later in the week, and we can get a little bit more into uh, what's going on with the least prospects and dive a little deeper as we're now, what, two months, I guess, into the season almost. Um, good chance to for a little bit of a prospect roundup with Tony Ferrari. Uh, we'll be back with another episode tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.